the Velvet Tail in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, pursuing our dreams. Everyone has goals and everyone has ambitions in their life. However, most people live their life on wishes and hopes and they're waiting for something to happen. Well, uh, if you're going to talk the talk, my friends, walk the walk. So what we do is we model behavior. And the message that we throw out to people have to have depth and weight. Just because I tell you something or suggest something, unless I have experience with it or do it myself, what does that mean? That means absolutely nothing. I could tell you to uh, do hula hooping and it's good for you. But unless I can back that up with solid facts and evidence. So when we talk about fishing without bait, when we talk about walking through life without definitive expectations and having that beginner's mind, we want to fly the colors, do we not? And flying the colors, again, we're going to do that today. Uh, perhaps a number of months ago, some of you perhaps participated in some Facebook Live where we had the uh, full impact mindfulness emerging butterfly out of the darkness uh, tattoo. And today we're going to fully commit today to fishing without bait. We're going to have our, uh, our logo imprinted indelibly on our skin. Tell me a little bit more about what that logo means. Well, we developed that concept, Mike, when we used to do some podcasts, uh, and at the end of it, we'd offer a free prescription. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables, unplug the television, and we, had, we advise people to take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we ask them to fish without bait. So that concept came into, when we walk through life, this isn't about walking through life aimlessly and pounding in the trees without any purpose at all. Uh, this is about walking through life with our eyes wide open rather than our eyes wide shut, exploring possibilities. Most people go through their life with their eyes wide shut, perceiving that there's only certainties in their life. That I'm always going to be here. This is going to be a bad day. I'm never going to get out of this situation. So what we ask people to do is to have that beginner's mind, and quite often what we talk about that is for those folks in the program, we often say, have you seen a thoroughbred horse race? Big, magnificent animals that can do one thing and do it well, run fast, however, in one direction. And usually if you look at these magnificent animals, they have things on their eyes, blinders, and they can only see in one direction. We call that an expert's mind. An expert's mind is unwilling to explore possibilities or even entertain the possibility that there may be other solutions. However, if you've ever been around a three or four-year-old child and look at them when they see something new or even something they've seen before, and they gaze at it with awe and wonder, and they're in that moment and they're so excited about being right here and being right now. And that's what we talk about fishing without bait. Walking through life, walking through life not with concrete blocks tied around our ankles, but like we're walking through a warm breeze. Would you like to walk through your life like you're walking through a warm breeze? So that's, that's the type of philosophy that we advocate. And we just don't advocate it. On fishing without bait, we actually show you how to do it. We give you the instructions. We give you the guideposts. We urge you and encourage you and support you along the way. So here today with our uh, with our new friend, Miss LP. Miss LP is a uh, tattoo artist extraordinaire at the Velvet Tail. So, what's good about being Miss LP? Uh, pretty much everything. Really. Hmm. Life's pretty great right now. What would that mean? 
Um, well, I just got married and just moved. So mm. that's pretty great. My whole family came up for the wedding, and I don't get to see them very often, wow. being as they all live in North Carolina. Mm. So that was pretty wonderful. So tell, uh, tell us what attracted you to your uh, partner. Well, I met him when I worked at Dino's in Greensburg when I was a waitress there. And I did not like him when I first met him because I thought he was rude. Ah. Um, and then I actually got to know him and just realized he's a very sweet man and it is all a facade. Mm -hmm. um, but don't tell that to anyone who he might arrest on the streets of Greensburg. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been about six years ago now. So what originally attracted you to him? Um, he is the single most genuine person I've ever met. Single in my most? Life. Wow. What does that mean? Well, for my artwork, for example, if they're, you know, most people look at a piece of artwork and just tell you it looks wonderful and that you did great and it's perfect. And no, he will pick out the terrible things about it or something that I slacked off on. So he's honest. Very, very honest. Whether you want it or not, which, which is the best way to be. So he's honest. So what you're saying is he tells you the truth. Oh, yeah. Okay. 24-7. Uh-huh. So what happens, Miss LP, is when uh, people have minds of uncertainty, they turn into minds of anxiety and worry and fear. So what we want to do is turn that into a mind of awareness and a mind of knowledge. Now, if my car is uh, sputtering, am I going to take it to the garden center? Am I going to ask my next-door neighbor who may be an accountant? Where would I go to? You go to a mechanic. You go to the yes, person yeah. who knows. So if I was going to go and inquire about a tattoo, would I ask a second grader? Would I ask somebody who fixes toilets? No, you ask me. I would ask a tattoo artist. I would go to the expert so I would get a mind of knowledge. People, people come in and they made emotional mind choices about uh, inked. Yes, absolutely. And how do you how do you handle that when somebody comes in? Uh, do you ask them are they sure or are they? I do, and oftentimes I will actually just tell them that I'm not going to do the tattoo um, if ah. I feel that it's something that they will regret, especially with uh, say like 18 year olds. Uh -huh. They seem to oftentimes come in, you know, just because they can finally get one, so they want one, and this is what they want, and I don't think it's a good idea. Or even placement is a big thing for me. I will not put a ta forearm tattoo on someone when it's their first tattoo or if, you know, they're young and they don't know what they're going to do with their life yet. Uh -huh. um, just because it still is very limiting, even though society has gotten so much more used to right. people covered in tattoos. It's, I still don't want to be the person that limits someone on their career choices. Okay. Like my husband, for example, has, uh, cannot, he's a city police officer. He works for the city of Greensburg. Um, he, could not go and become a state police officer if he wanted because he has his forearms tattooed. Huh. And, you know. I wasn't he, aware of that. When he got them, I'm sure he didn't even consider police work as an option. Uh, so, mm -hmm. I don't know. I just like to point stuff like that out to people who are maybe getting something in a critical So, you, you will say, I'm not going to do that. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Someone wanted a uh, noose tattooed around their neck one time and... I just said that it was 
the idea that it was projecting seemed a little more extreme than something I wanted my name attached to. Mm -hmm. So I didn't do it. So what you're saying is if an 18-year-old comes in with maybe, not that they're not mature, but may perhaps they're making an emotional mind choice about the love of their life that they want yes. tattooed on themselves. I will not tattoo names for anyone. I'm not a very superstitious person, but that is one thing I believe to just no. be bad luck. We'll say more about that. Uh, okay, so kids, if, you know, if someone wants their kids' names tattooed on them, um, I don't mind that so much. I don't mind that at all. Um, but I think for a significant other, even if someone has been, I don't know, married for 20 years, it just seems like a bad omen to me. Ah. Um, so I just, I don't, I don't do it. Okay. If someone really pleads with me and, I don't know, then sometimes I'll cave. But for people who I know and love and see every day, I just, I can't bring myself to do it because mm -hmm. I think it's bad luck. Mm -hmm. How about neck tattoos and uh, face tattoos? For people who are already very well covered and are established in a career where that doesn't matter, I don't mind. Mm -hmm. you, you help get a person with a mind of knowledge. You're just not there to say, give me the money and I'll, uh, I'll link you up and buy. Yes. Okay. It's not like sheets. Next. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. Okay. My name is still attached to it. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Well, that 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 uh, leads us to another. That's a sense of pride, is it not? Absolutely. So when something walks out of here, you want to have some pride in that. That's your work. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. So so many people out there, uh, LP, do not have pride about themselves, and we call that self-concept. Self-concept is facts and information you know about yourself. Self-esteem is how you interpret those facts and information okay. about yourself. And some of those are pretty skewed because we take our perceptions of ourselves from perceptions of others or how we think we want to make ourselves to make other people like us. That ever happened in your life? No, I was just going to say, elaborate on that a little. Well, let's, let, let's say this. Uh, particularly uh, young girls, females begin to lose their sense of self and self-esteem and concept around the age of nine, unfortunately. Around the age of nine? Yes. That's when they begin to become influenced by uh, social media from others, uh, what young ladies should be, and what young ladies should make themselves to be attractive or... Uh, right. Accepted by others. I certainly would not have guessed the age of nine. It's, it's, it's nine years old. So at nine years old, uh, certain things begin to happen in uh, both uh, young men and young women's bodies. And they begin to become real introspective and self-conscious about how they look. So if you look, uh, if you look at the social media and if you look at models... Uh, models are generally 35% underweight than the, than what an average person would, would weigh. Yes. Okay. And for some reason, uh, this waif type of look, especially for females, uh, seems to be attractive. If you look at uh, men's health magazines versus women's health magazines, there's 11 times more uh, weight loss advertisements in women's magazines than there are in men's. Right. So, uh, if you look at if you look at eating disorders, uh, LP, uh, perhaps you knew some some of your friends in your life that perhaps maybe developed eating disorders. Oh yeah. And uh, so, how did you deal with that? How did you deal with friends who 
you knew were restricting or uh, really hurting themselves? Um, I actually, when I was in high school, I was pretty, I dated, my high school boyfriend was a uh, wrestler. Uh-huh. And he wrestled at 130 pounds. Oh, wow. And he was five foot five, maybe five foot four. Uh-huh. Uh, I am five foot eight, and I was five foot eight all through high school. And I, in my mind, just thought that it was absurd that I couldn't weigh, you know, how dare I weigh more than my boyfriend. Ah. That was ridiculous. So, so, yeah, I fell into that a little bit. Yeah, so who was saying that? You said in your mind. Yeah. Uh-huh. So were those thoughts correct? Oh, definitely not. Okay. I most certainly learned that lesson very quickly. So what we help people do is understand that simply because they have a thought doesn't mean that it's correct. So if we sit back and examine those thoughts and able to sit back like we're going to the movies or sometimes we ask people to talk to themselves as if they'd talk to a friend. Yeah. So our minds are nothing more than masses of organic goo, our brains. They're repositories for data. They take in everything from our senses. Our minds are the things that shape, shift, sort, color, grade, and add importance to the thoughts. And sometimes simply because a thought is repetitive or loud, our mind attaches great importance to it, and hence it must be true. And quite often that is done by others who repeat things to us. Okay? Uh, so then we develop that inner critic. Did you ever have an inner critic inside you that uh, perhaps told you that you weren't good enough or doubted your decisions? Oh, or... Yeah, yeah, everyone does. So the deal is, is that uh, most people try to fight that. Okay. And what we try to do is help people understand that that's part of you. And so what we want to do is to be able to make friends with that uh, and stop and stop the internal battle. Yeah. Most people walk through their lives with a whole lot of useless nonsense chatter in their head, do they not? Definitely. Yeah. So how many thoughts do you have a day, do you think? Oh my god, I don't think that I could ever even begin to guesstimate a number on Yeah, that. isn't how how busy are people's minds? Incredibly. Isn't that the truth, right? Have you ever, uh, have you ever just thought of nothing? Has anybody I ever... don't think so. Oh. I, don't think about, I don't even think of nothing when I sleep. I'm uh, a very vivid dreamer. So you're a dreamer. Good for you. What type of dreams do you have? Mostly really, uh, really vivid nightmares. Well, I feel like nightmares? I just, wow. Yeah. But I, I like horror movies. So okay. I don't know. It doesn't bother me. Well, our subconscious is as active or more active during the night than it is during the day. Are you uh, are you an observer in these dreams? Are you a participant? I am always a participant. Always? Wow, that's cool. Is that abnormal? No, not really. Are you? Uh, there's nothing abnormal. So, LP, uh, during the day, our thoughts are structured by our morality, how we were raised by society, what's being expected and told of us. Okay. Uh, however, at night there's there is there are no none of those rules. So what we have is unstructured thought. Mm -hmm. So what do we have to compare our dreams to? Our daytime thoughts. Right. And which is why most people refer to their dreams as what? Ooh, they were weird. Yeah. So doesn't anybody come up to you and say, "Gee, I had a weird dream last night." Oh yes, all the time. Uh huh. So how old are you in your dreams? I think I'm most, uh, almost always the same age uh -huh. as I as whatever I am. Okay. At the time. 
Do you ever uh, lucid dream? Do you ever know you're dreaming? You ever have oh, that? yeah. Yeah, do you really? Wow. Isn't that neat? So when you're lucid dreaming, what do you do? What do you do? You ever, you ever, you when you participate, do you speak? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes do you? I speak out loud. Do you really? Yeah, Great. My husband, though. Oh, wonderful. So do the other characters, do the other people in a dream, do they speak to you? Ah, isn't that something? What type of conversations do you have? I mean, I guess it depends on the type of dream. Ah, that's great. So, can you decide what to say in your dream? Can you say, "I'm going to"? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That part, I really, I don't know. I mean, okay. I guess to okay. some extent. Well, lucid dreaming is when you know you're dreaming, and what we help people to do is to facilitate and learn how to lucid dream. Uh, most people's dreams are about not being able to find their way, let's say, out of a house, out of a car. They're searching for somebody and they can't find them. Mm -hmm. They pick up a phone. They can't work. It doesn't work. They try to speak. Nothing comes out. Or they're being chased or falling. Yeah. Okay. So that generally signifies that there's some type of disturbance in their life, some unresolved type of matter. Okay. okay. So generally, when we when we understand and help people to lucid dream, that means that they can actually turn around in that dream and face the boogeyman, face the person or the thing that's chasing them, and speak to it. Okay. And say, "I'm not afraid of you. Why are you chasing me?" And then and finish some. Uh, so most people have unfinished uh, business in their life. They have unresolved issues that they go throughout their life, which is uh, one of the reasons most dreams are about uh, unfinished business and not being able to accomplish something or not being able to find your way out of a particular place. Yes. So a lot of your dreams are uh, about horror films? Well, I mean, I feel like it could be a horror film. Okay. It's not about a specific horror Are you afraid in your dream? Usually, yeah. Yeah. Do you like to be scared, Elfie? Uh, sometimes. I don't mind it so much. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you seek out those type of movies? Do you seek out those? Uh... I do. Ah, cool. People like to be scared. They like to, like to have that sense of fear. So that sense of fear brings a, brings adrenaline up, doesn't it? Yes. And it, it's kind of excitement in your life. And wants to, wants to break, your, break it out of the humdrum boredom of life. Because most people, LP, walk through life being... Uh, human doings rather than human beings. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.